my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Christmas, Joe. I appreciate it's only the first full week of December, but it is our last podcast of 2022, so this is my only chance to say it. All right, yes, I mean, on our podcast, but I'll be seeing you a lot each week. Don't don't bother me with details, but... Coming up on today's show, it's our EPT Prague preview show. It's our last show of the year. It's our year in review. We're giving away the first ever Pites Awards. Are we? J- just kidding. Um, everything's because everything's going to Robbie Jade Lou and Matt Savage. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I was really worried there. I thought I'd missed a memo. We're doing a year in review. We're giving away awards. Shit! How did I not know about this? Nah, nothing happened in poker this year. All jokes. Uh, we actually do have a guest today. Yeah. I am super, super excited and proud and nervous to have on the show the all-time winningest player on the EPT. I believe that is true. Someone who hasn't been to Prague in many years because of one particular reason, and he's <laughs> making his triumphant return this year. Someone who hates doing interviews, but he said yes because it's us, Ireland's own Steve O'Dwyer. Awesome stuff. An EPT champion for an EPT-themed episode. Love That's it. That's right. This week's super fan is Khan. I was waiting for James to yell Khan. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. Khan! <laughs> I couldn't yell it last time because I was in a hotel room. James can't do it because the Poker Stars Arena is uh, has has thin walls. Anyway, Con uh, K, as we're calling him now, um, did have a uh, like an over under bet on the number of times that we would say Con like that, and we crushed it um, like two weeks ago. So yeah. um, he's no challenged- that's it. I'm done. <laughs> he's challenged me to trivia regarding the Game of Thrones finale. And uh, the Game of Thrones finale was also oddly uh, the end of many people being a fan of that show. <laughs> so not just not just the end of the show, but the end of people giving a shit about it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we've got some unfinished business yeah. from last week, Joe. I did tease on last week's podcast the EPT 2023 announcement. We now know the locations. We now know the dates for all European Poker Tour stops in 2023. And I love the fact, and it's been a while since we've been able to do this, we've been able to spell out the full season several months in advance, a year in advance in the cases of certain events. And I love the fact that of the five stops we've got in EPT 2023, we've got a mix of the stalwarts, the legendary destinations like Monte Carlo, Barcelona and Prague, and a couple of new places. The first ever EPT in Paris... That's going to kick off the season in February and the first ever EPT Cyprus in the autumn. I'm very, look, I've been to Paris a bunch of times in my life. Totally fine. You know, Paris is uh, is Paris. I'm glad we're going there. I'm glad EPT is going somewhere new. I'm glad to get the chance to go to Paris on someone else's dime. However, Cyprus, I'm pretty excited about. I've never been to Cyprus. I hear really good things about uh, the, the poker scene there and specifically the venue? Yes. So Chris Bean, a.k.a. Beanie UK, got in touch with us via our Discord channel. 
link to the Pokestars Discord server in the podcast description. Uh, Beanie UK writes, Hey guys, long time no speak. I'm super excited to see that North Cyprus has been announced as a new venue on the EPT 2023 schedule. I was at the Merit Resort earlier in the year. It's easily the best poker venue I've been to from a player's perspective. All food and drink is free. There is a buffet outside of the card room, which is replenished 24 hours a day. All the drinks are premium brands, and if you are of the persuasion, there are free tobacco products as well. One of the biggest pluses for me was that there was about two servers for every single table in the room. Service was incredibly fast. Also, the beautiful surroundings of the resort are stunning. It's a great place to be on an off day. This is so... Excited. Did he say 24-hour buffet? I know there was one of those at King's Casino when we were there, and I did enjoy it very much. I'm not going to lie. I'm so excited about a 24-hour free buffet in this venue. So suffice to say, plans are in place for us to be at every single EPT in 2023. That means a live stream from every single EPT. It means we probably will do extended coverage from most stops. So expect to see the Super High Roller final table as well as the main event coverage that we bring you. All kicking off in Paris in February, Monte Carlo in the spring, Barcelona in the summer, Cyprus in October, closing out EPT 2023 in Prague in December of next year. More on the EPT, more on Prague in just a moment. First, more unfinished business. Joe, you're back at home after a week in Sacramento. How did it work out at Thunder Valley? Uh, it all overall worked out really, really well. I don't, I honestly can't remember. These poker trips are pretty taxing on your, like, on your brain and everything like that. I, I really, I'm starting to get a feel for what it's like that you don't really get to do much in your off time, even if there is off time. Um, so where do we leave off? Did I, I had cashed, I think maybe in something in the $250 event. Uh, yes, you were going back, um, as a relatively average stack. And I think you needed to move up the money ladder cause you were in for more bullets than a min cash. Yeah. I think I ended up being slightly unprofitable in that event. I think maybe I, I was in for seven fifty, and I think I might've cashed right. for, for like five fifty or something or $600. Um, Overall story, really quick. As you know, we play tons of slots uh, when we're at these events. My friend Tana, the guy that runs the Run Good Poker uh, Tour and invites us, what we do is we do these little slot pools and we get together and we put our money in. With I'm not saying I, <clears throat> I was a part of all these. Tana won so much money in single slot pulls on five different occasions over the course of this trip. He was photographed by the PR department with a big check. <laughs> Anytime they bring out the big check, you know it's a big amount of money. That's just five times with the check. Now, to get a check, you have to hit for 15000 or more. Wow. Uh, in addition to that, he hit for 15000 or less probably eight or nine more times. So, And you were part of this syndicate? I was a part of many of these slot pulls. Um Tana, I think, even including how much he gave back, was probably up 60K playing slots. That is ridiculous. Um, I was probably up. Look, I'm not going to lie. I put a lot back into. I probably lost, I'd say, 6K back into slots. But one probably, like, walked with close to seven. Um, so we had a really good slots week. Um, but, but the real story, the poker story... 
is the main event, the $2,500 main event, which I had won a seat to. Uh, I did sell some action on that seat and a second bullet just in case. So I was in for half my action. I sold the other half. Uh, the first bullet did not go very well. I uh, had a really interesting situation that I wish we had more time to talk about in that I would love to do a, 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 a whole segment on playing against your friends in poker Ooh, tournaments. Yes. Because um, a friend of mine um, opened from early position. I three bet with Jax. He flatted and um, call, he had eight, nine and, uh, and, and basically made a huge river bet against me, had made a straight against me and made a huge river bet. Uh, and I, I called it with Jax. Unfortunately, I was wrong. And I was just left in this really int- weird thought of like, well, how do you play against your friends in poker tournaments? Like, do you do you t- take every advantage against them? Do you take no advantages against them? It's a really awkward, interesting thing I'd love to talk about further. I think it's a question that we should ask this week's guest because I imagine in the super high roller circuit, at the high roller tables, these guys will know each other and some of them are very close friends, but play against each other constantly. And also playing against friends on like day one of a of a twenty five hundred versus day one of a super high roller or day two when you're in the money or a final table. So uh, there was a lot going on there. Like <clears throat> so that was the end of my first bullet more or less because I tilted off after that. I'm not gonna lie. I was so angry and so sort of pissed off that I'm not saying anyone should do this. Okay, me personally, if I open eight nine and one of my friends three bets me, I'm just gonna fold. I'm just gonna be like. Cool. I don't need to play a huge pot where I suck out of my friend who definitely is starting with a better hand here. So I was so tilted about that that I just busted out. Um, I did come back and play the second flight on a fresh stack with a better mindset. And um, and I squeaked through the day with a little bit more than a starting stack. Starting stack was 40K. I squeaked through with 56K. Um, and you could buy in directly on day two. So I had a slightly better stack going into day two. I had 26 big blinds. At which point, James, I had the run of cards. I had jacks four times. I had kings. I had aces. I had, um, and I ran up 56K to about. So just to be clear, all the hands that you were waiting for in 2020, 2021, and most of 2022, like London buses, they all came along at once. All came at the same time. It was fucking weird. And it was to the point where I was just showing. And I had uh, Dan Rabbi at my tables, a very accomplished pro. Um, he opened a bunch of times, and I kept three betting him every time. I was like, I have jacks. I get, I got jacks again. I have kings this time. I have aces. Um, so I ran up to about 200K, and then that was it. Um, I, I, I got to 200K, and a guy, a guy shoved over my open for about 15 bigs. I had eights. He shoved deuces. I called with eights. He flopped a deuce. That got me back down to like 130. Uh, then I played another hand where um, I open uh, I open two tens and the flop comes eight high one club I bet there's a the guy who's playing uh, directly to my left was a very very bad player I don't say this very often was just totally awful um, he called a, a pot size bet on the flop when I had tens on an eight high board he called a pot size bet on the turn uh, which was another club uh, anyway. He had a seven of clubs is what me floated floated the flop with me uh, with, on an eight high board and went runner runner club and I lost two thirds of my stack on that hand uh, and then I ran it up again uh, from that I got moved to another table I ran it up again at which point I had 
um, Ace King suited in the small blind and raised huge into the big blind, uh, who called and it came King nine, nine. I bet huge. He called, uh, turn was a Jack. This player in the big blind had queen 10. Um, and then I'm right back down to eight big blinds again, at which point I, I tweet that. Okay. So now we're like, by the way, when this happened, we were like, 20 off the money where I went again from having like a 50 big blind stack to now having an 11 big blind stack. Um, so one of the things that was frustrating was that, so I did run better. I, you know, obviously had those big hands. Yes. What was frustrating is I still wasn't making any hands. I still wasn't anytime I started with a big pocket pair right. before we get worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, and my opponents were making hands against me. So I still went straightless and flushless in this entire event. However, when I get down to around 11 big blinds on the bubble, this guy tweets at me and he says, scum run engaged. And what happened was I got it in with pocket threes for 11 big blinds called by Kings and I four flushed. So now I have 22 big blinds. Cool. On the very next hand, I have ace 10 suited on the button and I jam and I get snapped by ace king and I'm like fuck I just doubled up now I'm gonna be out the flop came king 10 jack all diamonds turn seven of diamonds so what am I rooting for diamond diamond but guess what river was an offsuit 10 <gasps> I sucked the fuck out on somebody so now I go from 22 big blinds to like 50 because there was a couple other blinds in the pot, at which point um, I am able to uh, able to uh, just sort of hang on until the money. And then here's the... All right, now here's the hand I wish I paid attention to the most. Last hand I'm going to talk about is uh, I have... I have Ground my way back. It's, I'm back down to eight big blinds. I'm shoving. I'm picking up a couple here, a couple there. We've laddered once. So we've gone from the min cash to the second min cash. The min plus cash. The min plus cash. And I've been, I've been, I shoved aces for like eight big blinds, didn't get a call. Shoved ace king, didn't get a call. So now I've got about 11 or 12 big blinds. And I have pocket, sorry, now I'm back down to about eight big blinds. And I've got pocket sevens on the button. And under the gun, min raises. And I'm like, I had folded fives to a single raise. I had folded ace 10 to a single raise. I was really just trying to ladder at this point or get it in with a super monster. And I figured, you know what? Sevens is too good to fold. Um, maybe it's always coming seven also. So um, I shove my sevens over this open and get snap called by aces now. Two things that I wish I paid more attention to in this hand. One is that we were literally on another pay jump. Ooh. We were literally on another pay jump. Yeah. And you, I, sh you, and I you should know better than that. Um, well, what happened was they weren't updating the clock super fast. It was like, so it was like, you know, I, I, you couldn't tell if the clock was accurate. And basically, as soon as I get moved my chips in, they updated the clock to being one away from the next pay jump. So. Um, that I should have paid attention to. The other thing I should have paid attention to is that I actually had the guy with the aces covered. Now. Wow. So if you've got eight big blinds, that means he's got fewer than eight big blinds and he's just opening to the minimum? 
Exactly. That's now he danger, danger, warning, exactly. warning. And monster. I feel dumb about that. Now, granted, he was in the one seat, and I was like in the seven seat, so I couldn't really see his chips. But I should have been. I should have made sure that I looked. Yeah. And was like, oh wow, if he's just min raising on like a seven big blind stack, I should probably be folding these seven. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So the um, sevens. Lose. The sevens didn't get there, right? The sevens didn't get there, and I have less than a big blind left. I have the ante is uh, ten thousand, and I have eight thousand in chips. So I am literally folding every single hand, and there's a guy to two to my right that has like a big blind and a half, and I'm really, really trying to ladder at this point. I want that extra money. I'm not quite profitable for this event because the ladder is for forty eight fifty, and I'm in this event for five k, right? Two right. times twenty five. So um, the guy obviously is smart enough to not play any hands till it comes back around to me. And they this is a big blind first. Uh, so my eight tenths of a big blind went into the big blind first. And I actually held. I had queen seven. The board ran out queen high. Uh, and I actually held. So I like quintupled up or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And when the blinds came back around, the dude two to my right was forced in in his big blind. And he did not win, and I did manage to ladder up. So I did score for forty-eight fifty in this event. Um, profitable if you only invested in my second bullet. Quite profitable, um, and uh, I finished forty-fifth, forty-fifth place. Cool. So again, you know, not unlike the two fifty. So a slight loss, I guess, on a on a on a five k total buy-in, but nonetheless another cash. And when combine that with the slots win. Overall, uh, a pretty good trip. Yes, and mentally it meant a lot to me to finally like yes. not just run horribly everywhere. I can imagine. Would it have been imagine. good? Any pot where I wasn't all in for eight big blinds, I lost, right? Any huge pot that was like more than 30 bigs, I lost, which is a little frustrating. However, less frustrating than it had been folding jack three for seven hours, getting it in good and losing. Well, quickly, Joe, before uh, we get to talking about EPT Prague, while you were playing poker, I was actually hosting a poker night in glamorous Milton Keynes. It was the <laughs> yeah. Oracle Red Bull Racing and Poker Stars 2022 rap party. Obviously, we have a partnership with Red Bull Racing. And so uh, at their venue, we put on a charity poker night, raising money for uh, Wings for Life, an organization determined to find a cure for spinal cord injury. And it was a really fun night, a mix of uh, people from PokerStars, uh, people from Red Bull Racing, many people who'd literally never played poker before. So I did a half-hour beginner's tutorial uh, for people who were brand new to the game. Uh, many of the team pros were in attendance, including Tonka, Lex, Nick Walsh, Mason Pye, and GJ. Cool. Um, it was a shootout format. So the idea, of course, being that the winner of each table advances to the final. Eight-handed final table. Two things to say about this final table. Lex, Nick, and GJ all made the final table. <laughs> wow, they all won their initial table? Correct. Second wow, there thing, must have been a lot of people who never played poker before then. Second thing to say, as the compare of the event, I then am brought in to do kind of like live commentary on the final table, as I have done for these events in the past. There are eight players. I have... Kerry Jane Craigie from the Hippodrome, who is commonly known as KJ, Love her KJ. partner TJ, 
GJ Reggie, known as GJ, and a guy oh who's known as CJ. <laughs> so I have a KJ, a TJ, a GJ, and a CJ, which makes for some very fun and entertaining commentary. And of course, because first prize was a number of items, but it included a VIP night at the Hippodrome. It was, of course, KJ from the Hippodrome who actually won the damn tournament. But to be fair to Kerry Jane, the first thing she did was she said, I want to give this VIP night back to the charity so they can host uh, another charity event at the Hippodrome for free. Oh, perfect. Wow, that was really, uh, that couldn't have worked out better, I guess, because it's like when the charity, it's like um, as if the charity was a player in the tournament. Not only did they cash in the event, but they won a seat to another one. Yeah. Um, also, before the event started, got to do a Q&A with uh, Christian Horner, who is the team principal for Red Bull Racing. Uh, there's a photograph, by the way, which made its way into a few newspaper publications, including the Daily Mirror. So I was in the national press again, this time not in the background eating food awkwardly. Um, and... The other thing to say is that we all got a goodie bag at the end of the night and I'm looking in it and it looks like a hoodie and I'm thinking, oh, this is really cool. Is this like a Red Bull racing hoodie or a Pokestars hoodie? I'll take that. What looked like a hoodie was actually a pack of five or six black Pokestars scarves. So oh. I now have a collection of Pokestars scarves. Even if I were going to wear a scarf, I don't need more than one. So we might have some extra merch to be giving away on the podcast in the new year. Or, or I mean, conversely, which I'm totally fine with the fans getting it, but if you don't want to do all those trips to the post office, I would gladly give them to family members of mine at Christmas time. They love Joe. Oh, come love on. Poker Star Swag. They do. They're poker fans. They're poker fans. They Look, my I got... It's fine. Give, we'll give them to the real fans. If I have room in my luggage, I'll bring them to where we're going next week, which is Prague. You're going down. Oh, you know that I'm taking you down. Oh, yeah. more you can do. That's right, Joey. There is nothing more you can do. I am taking you down to the Czech Republic because we get to go to Prague for the second time this year. Second time this year, like the 10th time in 10 years or something like that. Ninth time in 10 years. Love Prague. Never get tired of going to Prague. It's got always got these great emotions wrapped up with it. Even if it's, it's just knowing that you're done for a couple of weeks too, that we always get a short yeah, break, yeah. get to see family afterward, all the stuff. We've been over it a million times. All the stuff going on in Prague in December is just a delight. Yeah, I think it's worth highlighting at this stage that Joe and I have done a YouTube video with two of our favorite moments from Prague history. Should be live on the Pokestars YouTube channel soon. But we say in that video that we love going there at this time of year. Uh, I know it's cold, but it's very Christmassy. The Christmas market in the center of the city is a must-see every single year. And it feels appropriate to be closing out 2022, closing out this season of the tour. And our focus, because I think at the point of recording, it's getting underway today, but our focus will be on the main event, which starts next week. And we're going to be streaming from the 14th of December. And I think it's worth highlighting that the structure and our streaming schedule have been adjusted to accommodate the World Cup. Now, the great news for people who are coming to the event is that there is going to be a football fan zone in the bar in the Hilton lobby. And oh, that cool. is going to be serving free drinks and snacks during games. Um, but 
obviously, most of the time, Joe, we're going to be in the commentary booth. We are going to be streaming every day from the 14th to the 18th, starting at 12.30 local time. That's 12.30 Central European time uh, for the first four days. The final day, Sunday the 18th, which is the day of the World Cup final, we're on air an hour and a half earlier. That's right. We're starting at 11 a.m. CET because the plan is to be done with this FT before the World Cup final so starts. So the broadcast starts at 11 a.m.? Yeah. So that means the final table starting at 10.30? Yeah. And just to highlight, <laughs> we do not expect to come back with six players. Right. I think if we look at the penultimate day, if we look at the Saturday, probably going to come back maybe even with nine players on that day and play down from nine to four. A, we need that day to be short because... We're asking the players to come back early on the final day. Right. It's all going to be a little bit skewed. Long days at the start, short days at the end. But crucially, we don't want to still be playing when everyone who's at the venue will want to be watching the football game on TV. And let's be brutally honest, a huge percentage of the audience who'll be watching the live stream will want to watch the game as well. Yeah. And there's no point streaming a poker tournament to zero viewers. Yeah, agreed. All right, cool. Well, whatever. We. What's funny is that you and I don't care at all about the World Cup, so at least we're, we won't be annoyed. Right? Correct. Least, <laughs> it'll Correct. be fine with us. Um. So that's the kind of streaming schedule covered. And as far as what's going to be on the stream, we're going to talk about poker and we're going to talk about it with Nick Walsh, Griffin Benger, uh, both those guys coming to Prague. Once again, sadly, Maria not able to come to this event and has limited availability. Um, I'm starting to think we should book Mariah Carey to do EPT commentary because it might actually work out easier. Yeah, probably. I know Maria is um, is paid very well. I'm not sure about Mariah Carey m numbers yet. <laughs> yet. Um, the key thing to highlight, those of you who were able to participate in Mini EPT London, the online series that we ran alongside our last live stream, we're doing it again. There will be a Mini EPT Prague, and that's going to run for the five days of our stream. Three low buy-in tournaments every single day with EPT Paris satellite tickets up the wazoo added to the prize pool of every single tournament, bar the Mini Main Event, which will have an EPT Paris package oh, wow. going to the winner. All Actually, right. there will be tickets for the runner-up as well. So it's not like we're not putting tickets into that one as well. Uh, plenty of added value in these tournaments. We'll talk about it ad nauseum on the stream, but I want you guys to know that that online series is going to be running from the 14th to the 18th during our five days of live streaming. Something for you to play at home whilst you're watching us commentate on the main event in Prague. Um, anything else Prague-related we need to talk about? Uh, yeah. Should we? Are we embracing the squeak? I tell you what, there is someone <laughs> we need to talk to about that. He is this week's guest. He has just arrived in Prague. An EPT champion who's played most stops on the tour in the last decade. Came second in London in 2011. Took down the Monte Carlo main event in 2013, back when it was the grand final. And since then... He has won more high rollers and super high rollers than Joe has won single hands of poker. That is true. That is 100% true. Always channeling the look of the Irish. It's Steve O'Dwyer. Hello, Steve. Hi. How you doing? Steve, I'm, it's so nice to see you. I, you just always bring a smile to my face whenever uh, whenever we interact. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're back in Prague. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be back also. 
Now, my first question is, are you still making it a habit of making hotel front desk people have nightmares? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was a problem today. Uh, uh, Brandon resolved it, thankfully. Our uh, VIP guy. Um, I, I have very specific, very, very specific requests for this hotel. Because as you know, it's uh, it's a bit of a labyrinth. Lots oh, of you elevators. Know, you, I've I've had a room before that was like a solid three hundred yard walk from the elevator. Is that one of the things we're talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta minimize that. We can't have a room facing the inside. That's a given. Uh, I agree with you on that one. Can't have a, a room with a connector to another room. Um, Too much white other. lotus. Yeah, um, I mean one bed obviously. Like I, I can't be wasting <laughs> space with a second bed. Um, more what I was talking about was come checkout time. The, uh, I, I remember you telling me that sometimes you like to stretch the the limits of what checkout time is. I couldn't help but notice when we were getting on the line here, you were kind of giving me the front desk hotel routine being like just a couple more minutes, just a couple (laughs) more minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, like like I said, we had a bit of a disaster today with the check-in. They they screwed up our room and then we had to go back downstairs. I had to be up at four in the morning to make my flight here today and didn't get much sleep. So then I was trying to take a nap here, but my nap time is cut short. <laughs> then the, the, we, we had, or when we got here, when we finally get into the room that we're staying in, check the pillows, pillows weren't good enough. So we ordered more pillows and ordered room service an hour and 15 minutes went by the pillows hadn't arrived. So we're like, all right, whatever, let's just take a nap. Then like, an hour and a half goes by and all of a sudden we hear like the loudest knocking ever at the door. And at first I'm just like, all right, whatever, ignore it. It's probably something stupid. But then the the knocking kept getting louder and louder and louder. And then it was, it was the pillows, even though we had the do not disturb up at this point, but there was just some housekeepers slamming on our door, trying to give us the pillows. I mean, like you I asked said, the pillows, you, get, you want pillows, you get pillows. Like I said, yeah. still giving nightmares to hotel I mean, staff. This is not being yeah. funny. I, I appreciate that many of your demands are completely, completely sane. We are only a couple of stops short of and a bowl of M&Ms with all of the orange ones removed, <laughs> please. Not, not quite that extreme, but I do have requests. It's stressful enough being here to play these these tournaments. Well, I want to talk about that because obviously you have a long history on the EPT with some great results along the way. But I also want to fast forward to the presence because Joe has highlighted that you have returned to Prague. And obviously we highlighted earlier on that this is our second trip to Prague this year. And Mm -hmm. during our first live stream back in March, you were a notable participant in the conversation on that stream, highlighting why you have not come to Prague for many years because you are not prepared or were not prepared to hashtag embrace the squeak, which is why I told Toby Stone, EPTTD, to email you to let you know that it seems they have hashtag eliminated the squeak. I heard that, yeah. I didn't, I need to correct the record here. I didn't miss Prague because I couldn't handle it anymore. I missed Prague back in, what was it, March or February because I had COVID. I couldn't come. Oh. But uh, that's always been my biggest complaint with, with Prague here is the chairs causing psychic damage. Because <laughs> uh, it's not a squeak. It's it's the loudest, most painful screech you could possibly imagine with those bare metal 
bottoms of the chairs ripping into the tile floor <laughs> every time one of the 500 people in the room slightly shifts their weight a little bit. And uh, it's been a crusade of mine since 2011 to well, the first time I ever came here for Prague to get this fixed. Well, I, I looked up carpet retailers. Uh, rental <laughs> places. I, I considered buying things to put over the bottoms of the chairs and just going down there one night at 3 a.m. when all the tournaments were over for the day and turning all the chairs upside down to fix them. But uh, I was holding out hope that someday someone would hear my pleas and fix it themselves. I so mean, James, do we know what happened, how it actually got fixed? They've looked at numerous options over the years. And look, I think, to be honest, I don't think anyone realized just how big a problem this was and how much torture it was causing, not just to the players in the room, but to the live stream audience as well. The staff, the dealers, the foremen. Absolutely. They the four people, too. that's right. Anyway, um, the uh, the solution, and I apologize that it has taken 11 years from you first highlighting it, Steve, for this to be implemented. I believe a little socks, it's basically a little kind of like clear gel plastic sleeve, and then on the bottom of that is like a felt base. So they don't come off. Like if you just stick those felt bases to the ends of chairs, they fall off. That's the problem. Whereas if they're actually kind of like sliding on like little socks, they stay on. And so far, word on the ground seems to be that it's working. But interestingly, Steve, some people have complained that there is no longer a squeak. I, I don't care. Those people probably <laughs> aren't here. There are probably some uh, people in your audience that uh, just enjoyed memeing the hashtag. But they don't realize the, the the psychic damage it was causing to everybody that had to spend time in that room. And thankfully, a few years ago, the high rollers we got to play upstairs on the mezzanine level in one of the quiet yes. carpeted ballrooms, which is lovely because it's, it's also nice because you don't have to go through the long security line to get into that big room in the first place. So the high roller players we get the luxury of no screeching chairs most of the days we're here, but that, you know, I'm a man of the people. I, I want, I want the people downstairs playing in 300 euro buy-in events to have the same level of serenity that the high roller players upstairs have. Well, it seems that it's finally happened. We are finally hashtag eliminated the squeak. It could all go wrong by the middle of the main event. Let's see where we're at in one week's time. Yeah, condoms um, break sometimes. Hopefully these are uh, <laughs> these are strong. The analogy I used was socks, not condoms. Yeah, sure, whatever. But Steve, before we get into all your success on the EPT, which is certainly something we have to talk about, um, I want to take it back a little bit. And I remember that one of our first interactions, one of the first times we ever really chatted was way back in the day about a different podcast I was doing. And you mentioning to me that you had worked in radio, that you had a background sort of, uh, or at least had been around it. And I was just wondering if you could mm. sort of tell our audience about your early life a little bit. Yeah, when I was a student at East Carolina University, I was studying broadcasting with a focus in radio and had internships at a number of radio stations, like an alternative rock station, a sports talk station, and uh, also at the campus station briefly before they strangely fired me for, for no stated reason. Uh, I don't understand still what happened there. I was the production manager for about two weeks. And then all of a sudden I never talked to a single person. I was just doing my own thing. And then they were like, 
hey, you're gone. It's show business, uh, dude. <laughs> so there was no request for pillows or room service no, or anything I, like I that. Was, I was very easygoing back then. Uh, <laughs> had, had no diva tendencies. Um, but yeah, I I had some uh, some radio things I was doing. Did that um, kill your desire to do radio? I mean, what what was it that eventually took you away from that? I mean, I just started playing poker, and that kind of took over everything I was doing. But I started playing poker when I was a senior, and by the time I graduated, I was pretty much only interested in continuing to play poker. So just stuck with that. I find it interesting that as someone who kind of dabbled in the whole kind of broadcasting side, who was around kind of, you know, the, the media world, that it's always felt to me that you've been the reluctant hero, that you've never really wanted the attention. You've never wanted to be a star or a big personality in the poker no, world. Well, Is that fair? I was, I was doing production. It's not like I was trying to be, you know, the host of anything or in front of the microphone. I was happy doing the technical work behind the scenes, which, you know, <laughs> kind of funny now considering how hard it was for you guys to help me uh, figure out how to turn my microphone on <laughs> for, this, for this call. But but uh, I promise you I was a lot more proficient at that kind of stuff 20 years ago. So is that is that sort of accurate the way James describes you? Are, are you the reluctant star these days? Like, you know, it was... By the way, I appreciate you doing this interview. I don't know if people know this or not, like... Steve's said no a few times over the years, and the fact that you're here now, I'm I'm grateful for it. And I just sort of, you can talk about, you know, for what reasons you you would tend to avoid those sorts of things. Um, I'm mostly just kind of a little uncomfortable with it. Uh, I'd rather let other people do their thing and get attention and just enjoy myself on my own. If it's not the media attention. How do you feel about the fact that there are a lot of people out there in the poker world for whom you are a celebrity? You are an idol. You are someone they look up to. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I mean, uh, I've been on uh, a lot of these broadcasts and stuff, playing high stakes and done well. So, I mean, when I was first starting to play poker there was a lot of people i looked up to that were on you know world poker tour or world series of poker broadcasts in like you know 2004 so and when i first met those people i was starstruck so i get it did you end up having good experiences with those people eventually did you ever become friends with them was it disappointing what was it like when you had your chance to interact with them Uh, i mean there's good and bad you know uh some people i'm not going to name names but, uh, you know, <laughs> some people I get along with really well and other people I, I don't really get along with at all. Uh, you know, some people that, uh, said they'd slap me the next time they saw me, you know, over, over not, not, uh, wanting to yell at birds with them on the beach in the Bahamas. I think I remember who that is. You're not going to name yeah. me, so I won't either, <laughs> but I, that was, look, I, I, I get along know. very well with that person, obviously, but. I think it was just mad at you for for being grumpy, right? For like not smiling or not wanting to like to to hang out with him when you're like, no, dude, I'm just here doing my own thing on the I'm, beach. I'm, and they said, I'm here with my my parents and my aunt and uncle and my sister. I'm not gonna stop. I was I was carrying two trays of hot dogs over to my family, a bunch of older people carrying two trays of hot dogs to go sit with them, and this person is sitting on a beach chair yelling at seagulls. <laughs> 
And I, he was like, hey, Steve, look at the birds. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm carrying, I'm carrying a, some trays of hot dogs. I'm not going to hang out with the seagulls. I might not have any hot dogs left in the next two minutes if I stick around with you. I have I'm going to say, bring them to my family. This and is then, one uh, of the more random anecdotes from the poker world. No, but then the, tweeted, then the guy tweeted, then the guy tweeted that yeah. next time he saw Steve, he was going to slap him. I was looking at my phone five minutes later and a tweet came up from him. It was like, oh, some of these high rollers are such jerks. They, they, they're so, uh, so stuck up. Some of them, I just want to slap them the next time I see them. And I was like, <laughs> I could still, he was still like 30 yards away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting out to hundreds of thousands of people. Subtweeting, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, obviously, you said you discovered poker. What was your breakthrough moment i referenced earlier on uh your your second place finish in an ept in 2011 before you went on to win in monte carlo two years later i i seem to remember that was one of the first epts you played right but i'm assuming you'd had success mm. stateside before you came over to europe yeah that that ept i got second in, in 2011 in london was the second ever right wow and unless you count like the the Sometimes the PCA was categorized as an EPT. Sure, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Europe, that was my second ever. I played EBT London in 2009 before that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't really had much success in the US. I'd played a lot of, you know, back then what would be considered high stakes, but never really had much luck. Um, I was just kind of scraping by at that point. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was really when I started just focusing on on playing stuff in Europe. That, uh, yeah, what what caused that? What turned you into a European? Like, you know, you could have easily stayed stateside. You know, I met you in Las Vegas. You're, I think, part of that whole Scott Seaver, Ike Haxton sort of crew back then. Um, and then eventually you just turned into like an EPT guy, and now you've got European citizenship and live in Europe. Like, what sort of made that transition from you as a guy that sort of grew up in the Carolinas. It's not really like a, a common move. Um, I mean, I've, I lived in Europe for several years when I was a kid, when my dad was in the military, I lived in Germany for five years. Um, and I've just always kind of enjoyed the day-to-day -day life of being in Europe more than in the States. So, and I think the EPTs are the best run tournaments in the world, um, for the stakes that they run. And, uh, I just, yeah, I think life is a lot better for me over here. Um, and I, I just enjoy the the vibe of the tournament scene here a lot more. Of course, the EPT main event you won, and let, we'll talk about all of the high roller and super high roller success in just a moment, but the main event you won had the benefit of being Monte Carlo and being a 10K, mm -hmm. being what was then the EPT grand final. And also, I think what really helped kind of push you onto a, a, a huge kind of world stage was how stacked that final table was, I guess, and the, mm. the, the, the people that you had to beat to win that title. But I'm guessing if we do talk about some of the super high rollers and high rollers you play, did you consider from your perspective, was it a particularly tough final table in Monte Carlo? Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, as for main event final tables, it's rare that you know all seven players at the table. True. That just doesn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was tough. Um, but it went really well for me. And uh, I'm happy to have won because uh, I really like beating some of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
how have you kept track of how many high roller slash super high roller wins you've had? Um, I mean, I have a rough idea, but uh, I don't have. So like no a, is the question. So no is no, the answer. So. But I, I've got a good idea. It's a lot. Yeah, I, I think a lot is is a good answer. I know, you know, I know how many of the big, the big poker stars trophies are. I, I don't know why those don't have a name yet. I know the small ones you guys call spades. Yes. The big shards. ones. They're, they're known as the shards. They're, they're known. I've never heard that term, but I know how many of those I have. It's way more than anybody else. Uh, is is there a single one that stands out in your mind? Is there any one that has special meaning to you, or you have really kind of fond memories of? Um. I mean, Monte Carlo really is is the one that sticks out always. Sure, in my mind. I, I guess I, I guess I meant of all of those. Yeah, um, I'd say the the Macau tournament where I had the lucky mango was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> the lucky mango. That one was great. That was. Can you was, can you tell the people out there what the lucky mango <laughs> is all about for those of us who, who um, might not know it? There's a, a Chinese woman, uh, Yan Li. Uh, she's a huge fan of mine. Um, she, I haven't seen her in a few years, but uh, she plays the occasional high roller and lots of different main events. Um, occasionally she'll come to EPTs, but usually I would see her in Macau and other Asian stops. And uh, she knows that I like Lucky Charms. Um, and every time I'd see her, she'd, she'd give me something that she had recently got that was lucky. And uh, I was in Macau for, um, uh, I think it was an APPT. And she came up to me on day one of the the super high roller, and was like, uh, "I just came from the Philippines. Uh, they have the best mangoes in the world there. I got you this mango," and hands me a, a mango. And I was like, "Oh, is it is it lucky? Like you usually give me like a little thing on a keychain or a little rock or something." And I was just like, "Is it lucky?" She's like, "Oh yeah, of course it's lucky." So I kept the mango in front of me for the whole tournament and uh, won the tournament. It was like. I think it was roughly like a $50,000 buy-in. Um, and it had like, I think maybe 80 or 90 entries. It was quite big. Yeah. And uh, I kept kept the mango in front of me in the whole three days and won it. And then uh, the day after the tournament was over, there was another smaller high roller. And I brought the mango with me and asked the um, like cocktail waitress, could you take this in the back and, and slice it up? <laughs> and... Uh, bring it out on a plate for me and i sat there i thought the mango everybody. was gonna get parted like a turkey on thanksgiving no, but no. no steve's like we're gonna eat the mango now well yeah no we want to internalize what what luck remains out of it's, it it's, yeah. it's essence so, but then i i share it was a great mango but i was only sharing it with people i liked so like <laughs> so like I, mean, I gave like a bite to ike haxton and like i think sam greenwood got a bite but then other people no way. I mean, you like, can't just give just... lucky mango to, to anyone and everyone. Yeah. I think if I have a standout Steve O'Dwyer moment, and I apologize for the fact that the PokerStars content machine has basically kind of really got its maximum value out of this one, it is the hero call against Roger Sipple in the mm. PCA Super High Roller. And I just like Sick. the... No it's also the novelty value of it, right? Because the final hand, the winning hand, is so often an all-in pre-flop. It's so often a race. So for it to end mm. with a really good hero call, just it's something a bit different, especially for those stakes. And also mm. against a player who you're not going to be expecting to make a move like that. Well, I think 
there was a bit of a misconception about uh, Roger's Roger's tendencies. Um, I think most people just look at him and be like, "Oh, that's not the kind of guy you want right. to be making that hero call with." But um, I, I had never played with Roger, but I knew people who had, and they were right. like, "Watch out!" <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good advice. I mean, there was if you remember earlier on in that final table i called him down the bottom pair in a blind versus blind spot yes. where he had a full house and, and you guys were like oh what, what the hell was that <laughs> it was the same thing like like i had heard like you just watch out you know be willing to be willing to make some loose calls against this guy um and in that hand it was the first hand back from break and right before that he had just lost a big pot and just my thinking was like, he's going to go on break. He's going to kind of psych himself up and be like, I got to win those chips back. Um, and I was, all, I was ready to make a big hero call going into that hand, like, or those first few hands after break ended. Cause I thought he was going to be like, I need to need to get back to even. I gotta, I gotta win some pots here. Yeah. All right, I have I have one last question before we get to our stupid game, and it's something that came up recently, and it, it makes sense based on what you say about you play a lot of high rollers and super high rollers. It's kind of the same people. A lot of them are your friends. When is the last time? I know. I, I assume I know what you guys will say about playing against your friends, right? It's that it's just like playing against anyone else. Yada yada. Maybe, and if that's wrong, please correct me. But when is the last time? that a friend played a certain way against you that you actually got mad about and you take it personally. Has that ever happened? Does that happen recently? Um, let me try to think. Yeah, I mean, I don't take it too personally. Uh, some of my friends definitely, definitely take it a bit more personally. Um, let me think. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I got mad about it, but, uh, at the last CPT in London, Dan DeVoris made a hero call against me, I think in the 50K, where like I bluffed, I just raised, I think, the button and bet the flop, bet the turn, bet the river, and he called me down with maybe no pair. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember being like, damn, like... <laughs> See, if I was Dan, I would be mad at you. I would be mad at you for trying to run that bluff against me. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, you don't have yeah, to bluff I mean, me. Yeah, Dan's a bad person to bluff. Um, he's really good, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think I take anything too personally uh, against my friends because I know my friends are good. I definitely take things personally against people I don't know who do something disrespectful. Oh, um, you know, you know, make a make a real loose play against me, thinking uh, you're going to get me, and I see those cards, I might get mad. But I'm not going to show it on the outside, really. I might. Uh, no, we need to see this. We need, we, need, note. we need the wrath of O'Dwyer. We need Steve unleashed. This has to happen. Yeah, but I, I'm not trying to, like, I, you know, we talked about it. I'm not trying to be the center of attention guy. I'm not trying to. True. I'm just glad that 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 someone of Steve's caliber has emotions and does take things personally at all. Like there's hope for the rest of us. If people at that level still feel something. Oh, I, I trust me, it, but it's all internalized. Like inside right. I'm raging or I'm, I'm thrilled, but on the outside, I'm just trying to be tough to read. You are, Keep people you are, guessing. You are that you are that. All right, buddy. 
just a little fun and games before we get out of here. As we as we all know on the EPT, um, you are very Irish. You are an Irish person. You are not an American person. You are very, very oh. Irish. You are from Ireland. You have Irish citizenship. And um, I, I came up with a little game for you called Schmuck of the Irish, which is just a little quiz to see how much you actually know about Ireland being that you are very, very Irish. And most of these questions were taken off the Irish citizenship test. Oh, God. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> what test? I have Irish citizenship. I didn't have to set a test. I just had to pay 200 euros. I, I Googled Irish citizenship test and uh, took a bunch of questions off this. A couple of them are mine. They're multiple choice. <laughs> I've got a horrible feeling that some of these are joke questions. If you've come from a citizenship test that you Googled. I, I think... James, you're gonna to have to answer these with me. Like, oh, that's this right. isn't fair. You, you just put cannot, me on the spot. Great, you this is an opportunity for as, Joe as to as expose two, us both as frauds. As two very <laughs> Irish people, here we go. Schmuck of the Irish. Question okay. number one: Which author was born in Dublin on November 30th, 1667? Was it Oscar Wilde, Samuel Beckett, Jonathan Swift, or J.K. Rowling? This one I can do. Oh, I, I don't read. This is tough. Um, I can definitely help you with this one, Steve. Can, can I get a, a, a repeat of the names? You can skip the last one. It's Wild Beckett and Swift are the three realistic options. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go with Swift. You would be right to go with Swift. Okay. Swift is correct. One for one. You saved your heart again, phone a friend. Question number two. In the folk song, The Irish Rover, what is The Irish Rover? Is it a ship, a soldier, a dog, or a river? I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to go with soldier. You are 50-50. Uh, the Irish Rover is a ship. Damn it. Okay. I, that, that would have been my guess, but I don't feel comfortable recommending a guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. Question three. Okay. Here we go. What is Ireland's highest mountain? Is it Brandon, Geltimore, Karunta Hill, or Top of the Mountain Tuya? Such a bad joke, but also brilliant at the same time. Um, hey. You're saying, let's go, Brandon? Yeah, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon is incorrect. Now, I actually okay. got this one right, because if you sound, I, I don't know, th this is why, but Karen Two Hill had the word hill in it. Okay. And that is, yeah. that is the correct one. Around two hill. Maybe if you'd seen it spelled out, you would have got it. Okay, you're one and two. Here we go. Question four. Should be very easy. We could all answer this question about America. And since you're both very Irish, you should know. I do who think is I know the this first one. president of Ireland. Who is the first president of Ireland? Was it Douglas Hyde, Eamon de Valera, Sean T. O'Kelly, or Seamus O'Dwyer? This uh, one, Valera, I'm, right? Uh, I, I'm 80% it's Douglas Hyde. I I think Valera, but uh, I'm prepared to be embarrassed. Douglas Hyde was the first president of Ireland. Uh, we, are, we are one in four. 
We got we can we can we can hole out to go 50-50. Otherwise, you're going to be schmuck of the Irish. Here we go. Question number five. What is Bono's real name? I can do this without the options. Here we go. Oh, well, we got options. That'd be great. We I thought options. there weren't options coming. David Howell, Adam Clayton, Paul David Hewson, or Bonobo Jones? <laughs> um, the, the third option sounds familiar with to me. Uh, I watched some very short piece on Bono like a few days, or not a few days ago, but like a month ago. Um, so that maybe is why it sounds familiar. Option three is your final answer? Yeah. Correct. You are correct. Paul right. David Hewson. Co-writer of the Bond theme Goldeneye. Paul now, David Hewson. Huh. The one I got off the Irish Citizen Quip was, was what is the Edge's real name? And I was like, that's fucking <laughs> hardcore. I'm just going to change it to Bono. Question number six. Everyone knows St. Patrick's Day is March 17th, but what date is the Feast of St. Bridget, Ireland's patroness saint? Is it April 20th, February 1st, August 11th, or December 25th? Um... Let's go with December twenty fifth. December twenty fifth. It's, it's near near Christmas. Maybe December twenty fifth is not near Christmas. December twenty fifth. Okay, it is. Steve, Christmas. Oh, it is Steve, Christmas. Steve, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm also gonna help you out here, right? Okay. You might have noticed. I thought it was the twenty fourth. You might have noticed a trend, which is the option four <laughs> is always the joke option. Oh yeah. And yeah, therefore, yeah. you true. only have to choose between A, B, and C. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's go with with April then. Let's, April twentieth, as in April twentieth, as in as in four twenty. Yeah, why not? Any other guesses? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm sticking with April twentieth. February first is this feast of Saint Bridget. <sighs> February first. Okay, one question left, and this one I I custom tailored directly for you. Okay, Dwyer. I, you can't even get a passing grade at this point, but uh, in That's the country of so okay, so in the country of Ireland, uh, 1759 has a special significance. Okay, uh, the the year 1759. But as far as times of day are concerned, this one's an analogy. 420 is to 1759 as. Smoking is to Guinness. Smoking is to four-leaf clovers. Smoking is to corned beef and cabbage. Or smoking is to Lucky Charms cereal. I mean, this has one genuine answer and three stupid answers. This, this, th there is no other option here. I spaced out. I'm so this is not good content for having to... To repeat that, I was just like, "Oh, we're doing analogies here." Oh God! Can I? Like, can I just? Can I just answer the question yeah. and give you another point? Oh, Steve? No, no, hold on! I want to make sure he understands the question. The yeah. thing you're supposed to do at 4:20, oh, we Christ. know, is one thing. Yes. And in Ireland, you're supposed to do something at 17:59. Is it okay to drink a Guinness, to pick a four-leaf clover, to eat corned beef and cabbage, or to eat Lucky Charms cereal? 
Uh, pick a four-leaf clover. It's Guinness, Steve. The answer is <laughs> bloody Guinness. <laughs> He's right. He's right. The answer okay. is Guinness. <laughs> Steve O'Dwyer, you truly are the schmuck of the Irish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is not good. We need more questions about, like, maps or uh, things things that I'm better at. You know, if you, if I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if you flag. ever agree to come on the show again, I will, I will custom tailor to twi- that you can pick whatever quiz you want and I will make a quiz based on that for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I need a redemption. Uh, <laughs> I mean, redemption I, I, quiz. I tell you what, I look forward to a future episode, which we will title the redemption of Steve O'Dwyer. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, obviously we'll see you in Prague next week, but before we arrive, good luck in everything you play. Thank you. And he's playing Appreciate the mystery it. bounty right now. It starts in like five minutes, oh. so get down there. Go and register. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye, Steve. Peace. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Well, from silly games with Stephen O'Dwyer to this week's Superfan Contest, say hello to Khan. Hello, Khan. What's up, gentlemen? How are you all doing? Khan? I have to ask. I have hello. to ask the question. Yep. Are you a poker in the air super fan, or do you stray over that line? Are you a Stapes stalker? I am a super fan, uh, but I know Stapes for a while, so you know we do a little drinking here and there back in Vegas. It was good times. Con, I, so yeah, I, I, you have to remind me. The last time I saw you, we went from the Rio to yeah. the Link. Where That's you right. got ejected from the bar for knocking <laughs> over a beer pong table? Is that what happened? Yeah. Well, you made me wait around with your now girlfriend, I guess, who is amazing, by the way. She's probably way too good for you. And um, we got a little uh, plastered, did some uh, fireballs, and uh, maybe a bit too much drinking while we we're waiting for you to finish your job. Yes. It okay. Was, fair it, enough. It was good. But I did bring some Romulan ale for you guys. Okay. Oh, it's a Star Trek reference, James, from Khan. I I, I, I like it and I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Interestingly, we've gone Game of Thrones for your specialist subject. But before yeah. we get to that, because I have a theory about why you picked this. Okay. What can you tell us about yourself other than the fact that you've been out drinking with Joe Stapleton? Which, <laughs> I'm going to be brutally honest, is not really a claim to fame. <laughs> well, it was a good time. Well, I've been a poker pro since about 2005, I want to say. I was in college for my first semester and then um, playing a lot of home games with my buddies and then um, didn't get invited anymore. So then I went to the casino, played my first tourney, came in third, and then thought this was the easiest life ever and huh. just... <laughs> just took out my boys. I think I made like 1100 bucks back in 2002. It seemed like a lot of money. And uh, ever since then, that's it. Dropped out of school and been doing it ever since, as usual. You know, has, it been goes. As, has it been as easy as you thought it was back then? I, I'm going to guess no. Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> 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 it's got a lot of ups and downs, but, you know, we've had a lot of good times. And, you know, lets me travel around North America, go to Vegas and... Cool. So, so where are you actually based? I am in Vancouver, BC. As you can see, the sun is not up yet. I've been this, <laughs> I have not been up this early in a long time. So, Well, we love our Canadian superfans, and that does mean you are eligible to win a real money prize in a quiz 
about the Game of Thrones finale, can't you knew that there was no chance that Joe would ever <laughs> revisit this? So you absolutely Smart. screwed him. This yeah. is how you pretty much guaranteed yourself a victory. I hope so. It's kind of early, so my brain isn't functioning 100% yet, but hopefully we'll see what happens. The TV show, the episode of TV that somehow ruined every single yeah. previous hour of what up to that point, or certainly up into that season, have been pretty solid stuff. Um, yep. Ten questions. Um, Paul Patrick had to revisit this in order to compile this quiz, so, you know, let's play the violin, let's play the reins of Castamere just for Patrick. Uh can't you get to go first you're our guest you're our super fan i need a number between one and ten always coming seven baby let's go always coming seven. Oh, that's a toughie this is a no, toughie no. Oh, no. i need the exact date the day oh the month the year that this episode was broadcast on hbo i can give you multiple choice options if you want them may 19th 2019 that is the day of my son's birthday oh my god he nailed it without the options and gets two points <laughs> i'm glad that there was like a like a slumdog <laughs> millionaire association with that and he just didn't <laughs> yeah. know it because i would have felt like absolute shit <laughs> oh wow you screwed um, me with the seven huh all right let's go <laughs> joe what number would you like um <laughs> i would like Khan's son's birthday, uh, either one or nine. We'll go one. Number one. Again, you might need the multiple choice options. Yeah. What does Grey Worm tell John that Daenerys's commands were? Yeah, I'll take the choices. Is it everybody must die, kill all who follow Cersei Lannister, execute all non-Targaryens, spill Lannister blood? Let's go with kill all non-Targaryens. That would have been a bit too extreme. It was yeah. kill all who follow Cersei Lannister. Lannister. Yeah. I mean, if, not being funny, if the command had been execute all non-Targaryens, it would have been her and Jon Snow left standing. I mean, I don't, I, the context <laughs> is a little lost on me. It could have been any, who's in the room. Okay. One and seven have gone. Any other question can be picked Khan. let's go with number three what is the name of this episode the iron throne correct for two points and you have four nil lead joe second question second question <laughs> you want question two yes okay oh i think i have spoilt this already sorry uh why does aria think john will always be a threat to daenerys <laughs> because he's a Targaryen? Correct. Well done, Joe. You got two points. <laughs> I think you're going to be all right, Carl. Uh, I still think you're going to be all right. The gimme. The gimme. All right. Four, I will five, fucking take it. <laughs> four, five, six, eight, nine, or ten. Still available. Uh, let's go with Joe's number. Lucky number, number nine. Or at nine, yeah. Yeah, it's nine. That's all right. My bad. <laughs> Overall. Of all the seasons, of all the episodes of Game of Thrones, what episode number is this? Uh, I think it's 73. You think correctly. You get two points. Well done. Wow, that's, Holy that's shit. Cool. <laughs> okay. My wife made me watch it, rewatch it, so I kind of know. Wow. <laughs> Four, five, six, eight, on, or ten, Joe? I'll take eight since that's where Kyle was trying to go. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, dude, you've got no fucking chance. Where did Grey Worm <laughs> and the Unsullied travel to towards the end of the episode? I'll take the choices. Do they go to Marine? Do they go to Quath? Do they go to Narth? Or do they go to Yunkai? Uh, Quarth. No, apparently they go to Narth. So you have two points still as we come to the penultimate round. Four, five, six, or ten, Khan. Uh, I wouldn't even. You, they could have. Tadra could have been like, does Grey Worm survive to episode nine or beyond? And I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I would have no clue. He was even in the episode. Two questions about Grey Worm. You know what? Rewatching it, it wasn't as bad as the first time. Just so you know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, he had such high expectations. Anyways, let's go uh, number 10, Joe. I mean, James. Number 10. Sorry. <laughs> what title does Tyrion give to King Bran? Master of Coin. Oh, wait, sorry. King Bran. Oh, no, that's it. No, that's it. No, no, wait. Shit. That's it. <laughs> You're doing too well to start getting mulligans. Oh, no. It was, Bran of course, the Broken. Bran the Broken. I thought you meant Bran. My bad. Okay. Uh, well, I gotta look excited. I did specify King Bran. Uh, I know. Four, it. five, or six, Joe? <laughs> five. What is happening? Oh, yes. What is happening in the last scene, in the very last scene? What's the last thing we see happen in the final episode? Everyone's patting themselves on the back for a job well done. <laughs> of all the kind of story arcs, of all the characters, who do we see at the end, and what are they doing? Um, man, it, what I remember being the last is them all sitting in a circle and, and making Bran the king. But there must be something beyond that, like a like an Easter egg type of deal. Um, it is. I think it, I, I, it's a character who yeah. you've already had a question about, and it's not great yeah. one. question about can I, can, um, um, uh, I had a question about the de the girl who's dead already um, can, can I get the choices sorry okay I know do we see Sansa being crowned queen in the north Daenerys being stabbed Arya sailing away or John heading north beyond the wall to join the night's watch it's gotta be John it is John. We got there eventually. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking pity on him right now. Can't you understand? Okay, all good. Okay, <laughs> final round, four or six. Let's go for it. What does Sadava Seaworth offer the Unsullied as repayment for helping to fight? He offers them the reach. He does for two points, which takes us to the final question. Question number six: Who is the first person to speak in the episode? And I'm just going to give you a clue. It's one of the most verbose characters in the series. Tyrion Lannister. Well done, Joe. You get two points, which means you put up a slightly respectable five. But with eight points, Khan, was there ever any doubt about it? You are a winner. You have crushed this game of Superfan versus Stapes. The ticket, the merch, it's all yours. The awesome. Iron Throne. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it, boys. And I just want to say congrats on your GPI award. It is very well deserved. You guys, your podcast is amazing. I look forward to it every week. Well, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you very much for being a fan. Thank you very much for supporting us and being the last super fan of 2022. Let's go, baby.
Thanks, Khan. Thanks for all the kind words and all the support over the years. And hopefully we'll catch up at some point, uh, maybe in Vegas this summer. Hopefully. And hopefully I get to see you at one of these EPTs soon, guys. Oh, hell yeah. Very much. You guys are awesome. All right, my babies. That's just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Coming up next week. Coming up next year. Yes, we return in 2023 provisionally. And look, things change. But right now, planning a couple of podcasts in January before we haul ass <laughs> to the Bahamas. And suffice to say, both of those shows will be focused on the PCA and the PSPC because this huge festival in the Caribbean is going to kick off our year. So we're going to come back in the second week of 2023 with a show I've decided to call Chase Your Dream, The Reunion. Because, Joe, we're going to catch up with the original five, yes, the first five Platinum Pass winners from the Chase Your Dream promotion in Barcelona in 2019. They've been waiting all these years to play. Let's see what's happened to them in the years that have followed and how excited they are to finally utilize those Platinum Passes. All five of them. Yes, five guests, one show, round table, plenty of banter, plenty of laughs, come hang. Wow, all right. I'm into that. That's good. The 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 uh, the more guests there are, the less I have to stretch it with anyone if they turn out to be not not that talkative. But we've hung out with these guys. We've had drinks with these guys. Yeah. I think they're going to have plenty to say. And I am planning something very special for the week after that. So special that Joe has to come to a meeting tomorrow to discuss it. I know a Thursday meeting. Can you believe it? In the meantime, I guess it's the Prague live stream, right? That's all we've got going on between now and then. Yeah, I mean, look, Sunday Million, you can still watch it. Not going to have James and I for the next little while, but uh, still we could have Nick Walsh and Arlie Shaban and lots of other folks doing the Sunday Million. But yeah, it's just Prague for us. Uh, and of course, uh, Discord. You can get yes. in touch on Discord. I think earlier on in the show, I did advise you that there is a link to the PokerStars Discord server in the podcast description. We say every week, Joe, we want people to comment, ask questions, apply to be a super fan. I cannot say too much at this stage, but I am going to strongly encourage you to join the podcast community on Discord before we come back strong in 2023. Strongly encouraged. You heard it here first, folks. That usually means something good. But for now, that is all the time we have got for this week's episode. That's all the time we have got for this year. Be sure to tune into Prague to hear us. But for now, for Poker in the Years, for 2022, for James Hardigan, this is Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.